Are you tired of your content not getting the reach it deserves? Change that at Grow With Video Summit. From May 23rd through the 25th, join industry leaders like Gary Vee, Ali Abdal, Patrick Bet David, Cody Sanchez, and more for strategies that will elevate your visibility and engagement. So go to summit.thinkmedia.com to secure your ticket. Just click the link in the description or go to summit.thinkmedia.com. If you land on their Instagram page, on their YouTube page, what are some of the biggest mistakes you think people are making? Inconsistency is number one. Inconsistency of posting. Focus on creating great relationships. Focus on using social media to connect with people and build relationships by providing value to other people so that then you can get in front of their audience. Social media is supposed to be social. And another mistake I see people making is they post and ghost. They'll post something and then they'll get comments. Mm. You want them to engage, you want them to comment, and then you don't respond? So how do you find your audience, amplify your brand, and ultimately stand out online? Our guest today is Jen Gottlieb, the author of Be Seen. And this is going to be a power-packed episode where we're going to be talking about mindset shifts, and powerful tips around being courageous and getting out there with your message, being creative, being more connected with some networking tips, and then ultimately, how can we be more visible as well with our content, with our brands, with our businesses? And so as a content creator, as an entrepreneur, stick around because this is gonna be a power-packed episode. Now, Jen is a powerhouse entrepreneur, an international speaker, host of the I Dare You podcast, co-founder of Super Connector Media, and does a lot of super cool things. She shared the stage with all kinds of top people like Gary Vaynerchuk, Marie Forleo, Eric Thomas, most recently, Oprah, and uh, Snoop Dogg, Martha Stewart, and we're super excited about her new book, Be Seen. Jen, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be here. So for people that are just meeting you, um, how do you elevator pitch? If someone's like, what do you actually do? How do you answer that question? I help entrepreneurs and thought leaders or anybody with a service, a story, or a product build a profitable brand online. But ultimately, I help people be seen. I love that. And how is it that you gained that expertise and got to where you are today? Well, if you want to go way, way, way back, every single entrepreneurial like lesson I've ever learned in my life came from my acting career. So I started my whole career as an actress. I moved to New York City when I was 20. I dropped out of college. I actually, I went to school for musical theater at the University of Hartford. And I realized within like one semester that college was not for me. And I needed to move to New York City and pursue my dream. Moved to New York, went to a two-year conservatory program for musical theater to learn how to be a Broadway actor, learn how to sing and dance and act. And I went out into the world and I ended up uh, booking my dream role in the Broadway national tour of The Wedding Singer. Have you seen it? No. The Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore movie? movie. Yes. Okay, yeah, I've seen it. The movie, yes, exactly. So they made a musical out of it. I I toured the world, or the world. I toured the country with this show for a year playing my dream role and realized while I'm touring the country on a bus, performing, doing the thing that I thought that I was born to do, 10 shows a week again and again and again, kind of sort of like realizing, oh my God, this isn't what I thought it was gonna be. I don't know if I want this. And then I came home and I booked a TV show on VH1 all about heavy metal music. I don't like heavy metal music. Oh, no. But I got this job, and I was an actress, and I needed a job. And I was like, this is amazing. Okay, show on VH1. I got this gig. I'm going to do everything that I can to keep this gig and to keep up this act. And before I knew it, I had built this brand that couldn't have been further from who I really was. Mm-hmm. And I was being seen online as a version of myself that was completely opposite to who I was in real life. And 
I was totally like, I believe that when you're out of alignment in the brand that you're showing to the world, even if you're not a business owner or an entrepreneur, your brand, like who you are to the world, if you are coming off as fake or if you're just lying and you're trying to keep up like all of the shoulds for everybody else, what you should look like, what you should sound like, what you should be like, you start to disconnect from who you really are and you start to really just disconnect from everything that you desire. And I, I just spiraled. And when you're out of alignment with yourself, I believe, which I was, the universe will sometimes step in and like smack you back into alignment. And a lot of the times it'll hurt. And that's what happened to me. And everything was pretty much taken from me in like a week. The show got canceled. This guy that I was dating that I thought I was going to marry ended up leaving me for one of our friends. And I was in this horrible place where I was pretending to be somebody that I wasn't. And I was partying. I was severely bulimic. I was in a really deep depression because I was like, who the hell am I? This isn't right for me. I don't know what my path is. And so I found myself in this tiny little room with a window that faced a wall and like six other actors. It, like in this apartment and not knowing who I was or what I wanted to do. And I was forced, not because not I wanted to, but I was forced to figure it out. And it took me a while and it took a lot of businesses to get to where I am today. And I tried a lot of different things, but over the process of, or over the course of time in recreating myself again and again and building separate different businesses, I was a personal trainer and then I was an online coach and I was in the fitness industry. I learned how to build brand and I learned how to promote myself. But more importantly, I learned how to build brand and promote myself as who I really am. And I found and I noticed that when you show the world or your audience, your ideal audience, your ideal avatar, who you really are, and you allow yourself to just be who you are, messily, imperfectly, and you let them see the real you, you connect with the people that are your ride or die, with the people that are going to buy forever, with the people that are going to build community with you and not just be like likes on Instagram or people that just follow and never, never do anything with you in the future. So throughout that process, and then meeting my husband and my business partner, we decided to come together and teach other entrepreneurs and business owners how to build that brand. That's not just the brand of what you think you should be, but the brand of who you truly are so that it's easy and it feels fun and you can truly connect with your audience. What do you think the pressures are right now that might push a content creator, an entrepreneur, somebody that's using social media into something that's less than authentically them? Like, why do you think maybe some people are falling into the trap that you fell into of, again, not being in alignment or not being authentic? There's so many. I mean, just pick up your phone and scroll. Pick up your phone and scroll. And what you see when you pick up your phone is obviously everybody's highlight reel, right? And I know that that's like so typical. Everyone calls it the highlight reel, but it truly is because social media is a beautiful place to showcase all the great things you're doing. That's what it's for. And that's amazing. You should showcase all the great things in your business. You should showcase all the great things that are happening in your life. But what's not happening is people aren't necessarily going on and talking about the real stuff that's happening behind the scenes. So it's really easy to think that you are so alone in whatever mess is going on because you're scrolling and you're seeing all these fabulous things, all these filtered images, all of these maybe maybe fake vacations, maybe fake private jet situations, maybe fake rented cars, all of this stuff. And it's coming at us and that's what we're looking at and that's why we're surrounded with all the time. And so subconsciously, we start to build this belief that whatever's going on in our life just isn't good enough because it doesn't look like that. But we have to remember that that's not real. And so I see a lot of people that come to me, a lot of our clients, a lot of people that DM me, they're like, Jen, like, I, I, I've been doing the thing that I thought I needed to do in order to be perfect online because I'm following all of these people and I'm seeing what they're doing, but I'm just feeling like it's not me and it's so hard to keep up with. And I'm like, what would happen if you just allowed yourself to take down the filter, to just take a deep breath and understand and know that the thing that is the messiest about you, the thing that is the most human about you is probably going to be the thing that A, helps the most people and B, attracts the most people. Mm. 
And I learned that actually recently. So I never used to really be okay with being on camera with like no makeup on. That was always something, even when I started building my brand as like what I like to call like real gen, like not heavy metal gen that was going on before, but like being me. I still had this like filter up. This was before I wrote the book and everything. And I felt that I wasn't being completely authentic. Uh, A really good friend of mine who actually just passed away, Jessie Lee, uh, and I want to mention her name always when I tell the story because she gave me this advice. We were in a mastermind together and we were sitting like at this dinner and she was like, you know what you should do? You should really go live on Instagram with no makeup on and put your makeup on while you go live. And I'm like, that's a terrible idea. I would never do that. Are you crazy? Because that felt scary and vulnerable and no way in hell would I do that. And I, when the morning that I woke up and thought that I was going to write a book, I was like, you know, I need to allow myself to be seen and fully connect with people. Otherwise, no one's going to want to buy a book from me. No one's going to want to learn how to be seen from me. No one's going to want to learn from me if they just think that everything in my life is perfect. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to go live like what Jesse Lee said, and I'm going to put my makeup on. And if no one shows up, it's okay. I don't care. I'm just going to go on, go on there and see what happens. So I did it and it was scary and not a lot of people showed up and it wasn't that much fun and I wasn't very good. However, I made a commitment to myself and I kept doing it. And now I do this every single day, Monday through Friday. I go live, I put my makeup on and I answer questions and I talk to people. This has been the best content strategy that I've ever implemented in my business ever to this day. Wow. Ever. It's the best lead generator. It's the best people are connecting with each other. I've created community on this Instagram live. They're all going out to dinner with each other. They're all coming to my event together. They're all they're all like part of this group. They've all become part of my street team for my book. They all buy whatever it is I'm selling, whether that's a free thing or a, or a paid thing, because we get ready together every morning and because I'm allowing myself to be real. So maybe I've got a highlight reel when you look at my page, and that's great because I'm promoting myself. But there's this time in the morning that's for one hour when I've got no makeup on my face and I'm totally messy and vulnerable and I'm practicing answering people's questions. I'm practicing speaking. I'm actually telling stories and talking and answering questions and connecting that I'm real. And I'm telling them this is what's going on today. It's a show. I've got my three dogs barking in the background. Like my husband's running back. We're like, we're, we're yelling at each other. All this stuff is happening. I'm putting makeup on my face. I've got an eyelash in my hand and my hair is sticking up and I'm putting in my hair extensions. And that not only helped my algorithm, which you could probably talk about in a big way, like I'm sure going live really does help your algorithm and I got a lot more engagement, but it also created a deep connection with my customer, my avatar, my my dream audience member. What would you say to somebody who says, okay, so maybe I should put myself out there in a raw format, be vulnerable, makeup off, share about maybe my past or something I'm going through, that an eating disorder, going through addiction, but what if somebody comes out like is so common in internet comments and is cruel or what if it doesn't work? And what if, wow, I hear you say that. I don't know if I want to try that tomorrow morning. What message would you have for me? Yeah. So the internet trolls, that's the first thing we'll talk about because that's going to happen. When when you start to be seen and you start to put yourself out there, not everybody's going to understand it. Not everybody's going to like it. But what I remember or try to remind myself of whenever I experience that is number one, first of all, it doesn't feel good. Okay. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, just delete and block and it's okay. Cause it's not, it sucks. Everyone wants to be liked. Nobody wants to get negative feedback or comments on their posts. But my therapist always asks me her famous question for me all the time is what do you want your relationship with that to be? 
because we get to choose what our perspective of that is. We don't get to choose like that it hurts and it stings and like it doesn't feel good and it's not fun and we don't get to choose if it happens or not. It's going to happen. But what do we want our relationship with it to be? And for me, I'm going to understand that anybody that's commenting on my comments in a mean way or saying something negative or saying something nasty that is to hurt me or is to bring me down, I know that that person must be in pain or must not be very happy. Because I know a lot of happy and successful people and I know that not one of them would ever even dare to just go on the internet and comment negatively or something mean on somebody's post. So I just think, okay, I feel really bad for this person. I'm going to have empathy for this person and I'm going to understand and know that this is the thing that I signed up for, that there was going to be people like this on the internet that unfortunately are sad and not so happy and they're going to take it out on me. And my relationship with that is I'm just going to think empathetically towards them and send them love in my mind and uh, and understand and know that my relationship with this is this is what it is. How do I want to react? Understand that this is part of the game and move on and and try as hard as I possibly can to not let it affect me in a negative way or not keep me from showing up because for every single person that's on there talking smack, there's probably at least 20, 30, 40, 50 other people that really liked that post, that really got a lot out of it. And maybe for some of those people, it helped them in a way that I don't even know. Maybe some of the, maybe there was somebody, if I posted about something that was really a big deal for me, maybe the eating disorder that I experienced, uh, and I post and talk about that openly, or I talk about it openly in the book, for every person that's like, oh, I can't believe her, that's gross, or whatever, or might say something mean or negative because it might activate them, there might be a woman out there that's like, wow, I feel not alone now in this problem, and she really helped me to be able to like just flip my mindset around for this day, this one day, or just not feel alone in this today. And that's why I do what I do to help one person every day. I call it the, the acronym that I use is HOPE. And I just think about maybe that one person that's on the other side of the phone that needs to hear that today. And when I get up and every day, if I get nervous to go online with no makeup on or share a messy part of my life or share something that's going on that I'm really afraid that people are gonna judge me for, I think about the one person that might need to hear that today and I just envision talking to them. That's powerful. H-O-P-E. Yeah. Help one person every day. Mm -hmm. What a great social media vision and a content creator vision. And let's talk about branding. What is a brand? Hmm. That's a good question. What is a brand? I mean, there's probably a bazillion different definitions for this. So I'll give you what I think it is. Yeah. Um, for me, your brand is your essence. Your brand, your brand can change and your brand can shift and your brand is actually who you are. So I think that people get it wrong when they think that your brand is like your colors and your fonts and your, you know, this thing that you create. Uh, because if you create your brand and it's like this, yes, all of those pieces come into the puzzle when you're starting to build out your website and all the things that you create on the side. But if you're looking at it in the 2023 and beyond realm, like everybody is a brand now. Everybody has a virtual presence of some kind. Think about it. Even if you're not a business owner or you're not an entrepreneur or you you just you don't even have anything that you want to showcase on the internet. If I was in the dating world and I connected with somebody on an app on social media or whatever on an app and I was going on a date with them, if I went online and they had no online presence, they had no brand online whatsoever, I wouldn't go out with them because I would be like, that's weird. <laughs> like that is weird and that's scary and that kind of freaks me out. I want to see something. Everybody has some essence online. And it's not what you want to create it to be. And I think we get into trouble when we try to do that. Who are you? 
genuinely. My brand is everything that I am. It's not just that I wrote a book. It's not just that I'm a speaker. It's not just that I'm a business owner. It's also that I'm a New Yorker and I've got three dogs and I like watching baking shows, but I don't bake. I love lifting weights. Like I uh, have a really loud, high-pitched voice sometimes. Uh, I, you know, there's all these like things about me and it's just Jen, it's who I am. And the cool thing about that, about making that my brand is that that can evolve and change and grow as I evolve and change and grow. So if I choose that I am this person, I am heavy metal girl and like that's it and I build everything around that. If I evolve and change and grow and I have just solidified my brand as one thing, it's going to be really, really hard for me to live my life authentically and it's going to get really exhausting. So if you just make your brand who you are and you allow it to grow and evolve with you and it just is your essence, like I don't have a PR agency anymore. Great. But people follow me because I'm Jen, like all the things that make me Jen, not necessarily what I do. Then everyone's going to keep on following because it's just me and I can keep growing and evolving. And that's my brand. Gotcha. What are some of the biggest mistakes you think people are making if you land on their Instagram page, on their YouTube page, and you assess it? What are some of the common mistakes you observe that, man, their brand needs some work? Inconsistency is number one inconsistency of posting. I see a lot of this. They'll get really excited. Maybe they went to an event or they listened to a podcast or they watched one of your videos and they got really stoked. And they're like, okay, I'm going to create content. And they go and they create a piece of content every single day, right? For a week. And then they can't keep it up because something happens and then they give up on it. And then a week later, they come back from not posting and they're like, I'm back. I took a week away from social media. First of all, no one knew that you were gone. So you don't need to tell people that you're back. That's just telling people that you're inconsistent. And second of all, if you do start to make commitments with yourself, every single time you tell yourself you're going to do something and you don't follow through with it, let's say you commit to posting every single day. Number one, you're committing to yourself. Number two, you're committing to your followers. You are telling your subconscious mind that you don't trust yourself to follow through. So you're actually losing confidence within yourself. So it's not a good mindset hack to not be consistent if you decide you're going to build this brand and you're going to post consistently. But also, your followers aren't going to want to keep following you because they're not going to trust you that they're going to get the content every single day. So they're going to go follow someone else that's consistent. So consistency is the number one thing that I need people to focus on, or I think that you should. I mean, listen, don't listen to me if you don't want to, but like consistency has really helped me. No matter what, I'm posting every day. No matter what, I'm going live Monday through Friday. I don't care if I have to do it in the car on the way to the airport or if I'm actually putting my makeup on. I stick with the commitment I made with myself and with my followers so that they can count on me. And that's a big mistake that I see people making lately is just not not posting enough and not being consistent with their content. In the fourth section of the book, it's about be visible. And you share some advice on content creation and marketing strategies to get your message out there. So what are some of just maybe a, a handful of practical tips? Obviously, people can dive into the book to get a lot of things. But for those that are stepping into the social media world, starting a YouTube channel, wanting to start creating content, and they're overwhelmed by the competition. Yeah, They're overwhelmed by how much volume of content there is out there. How do you get seen? And what are some advice on content creation and marketing strategies? I've got so many. Okay. So we'll nerd out a little bit. And this goes back to actually the mistakes that I see people making as well. So one of them that can be unbelievably powerful for somebody just starting out, and it's not necessarily about your numbers and how many followers you have, but how engaged are those followers, right? How excited are those followers to are to engage with you. And social media is supposed to be social. And another mistake I see people making is they post and ghost or they rip and dip. They'll post something and then they'll get comments. Mm. People will take time out of their day to give the 
give you the greatest gift ever, which is a comment. That's what you want them to do. You want them to engage. You want them to comment. And then you don't respond? That is like someone giving you a gift and you not saying thank you. Do you think they're ever going to give you a gift ever again? No. No. Social media is supposed to be social. It also helps your algorithm, I believe. Whenever I, I respond, this is not very scalable, but I respond myself personally to my comments because I want to be looking at what people are saying because it gives me feedback and data as to what's working and what people want to hear and what people want to know. So I actually use all of this like <laughs> – non-scalable activity. It's not scalable for me to be in my Instagram and actually like commenting and and DMing and responding and 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 engaging with people. However, it gives me all the information I need to create more content that works. My second tip to build your brand and to be more visible and to really stand out from the competition and being seen is always not doing it alone, but leveraging what I like to call OPA, other people's audiences. So it's really hard to build a social media platform from scratch when it's just you. It's really hard, especially today with everything that's going on. So why not, instead of focusing on build, creating great content, yes, you want to do that, focus on creating great relationships. Focus on using social media to connect with people and build relationships by providing value to other people so that then you can get in front of their audience. Like we're doing it right now, right? Like we've created this connection in this relationship and now I'm going to get in front of your audience and then I'm going to promote this and you're going to get in front of my audience. So that means that everybody that signed up that likes you, they signed up to get hear stuff from you, to listen to your podcast, to follow your great content, they trust you. You are credible to them. They have said, yes, please me. They have raised their hand. So now if you're showcasing me to them, they're going to be like, oh, well, if Sean like her, then I'm going to like her too. And then they're going to follow me. And that's how you build faster. So that's why the fourth book or third part of the book is called Be Connected. Because it really all is about people and connecting and relationships, even though it's virtual, even though it's like this thing that looks like it's a video game, it's real people. And Be Connected, if someone's wondering, man, I'm afraid to reach out. I want to maybe guest on other people's podcasts. Yeah. I want to guest and write an article. Do you have any tips in how to structure that messaging? Cold email tactics in are you sliding into the dms and maybe mistakes people make when it comes to networking yes okay so there's an entire tool in the book called the top 20 tool and it works every time no matter what and i will go into a little bit of it just so that your listeners have some tactical advice because a lot of people are going about pitching completely wrong and i know it because they're doing it to me and they're sliding up in my dms i don't even know who they are they've done nothing like to help me or to provide value i don't know who they are and they're just asking for things and kudos to you. I think that's amazing. Shoot your shot. Ask for what you want. Yes, but there's a way more strategical way to do it. And it is by always providing value first. So think about who you know and who knows who knows who knows who knows who knows who knows who in your community or in your atmosphere or in your network. And you can usually, usually, usually get some connection to somebody that you want through your network that you have now. And there's a whole system in the book on how to rank those people, how to scale those people so you actually have numbers attached to those people and you can work your list very strategically. But it always starts with giving. It always starts with providing value because the law of reciprocity is so unbelievably real. And nobody is going to want to help you if they're just meeting you for the first time and you're asking for something right off the bat. So I spend 50, at least 15 minutes of my day, and it's not a lot of time, but at least 15 minutes a day, no matter what, every day, providing value to people, whether that is sharing people's content, 
commenting on their stuff, uh, going and writing reviews for my friend's books or my friend's podcasts and sharing that review with them and sharing the review with my followers or even ordering somebody's course or promoting their course, doing something. Everybody needs help with something. If you want to make a connection or a relationship with somebody, figure out how you can help them. And it doesn't have to be financial. It doesn't have to be a huge form of, of, of help and it doesn't have to be like super grandiose and amazing, but it's like consistent providing value, showing up. There's people that I never knew in my life, like I would have never known them, but they show up on my social every day and they comment and they share and they show up on my live. And I've formed real relationships with these people. And there's some of them who have come into my DMs after months of like just showing up for me. I'm like, I freaking love you. What do you want? What can I help you with? And I, there's this one girl and she was, she's amazing. Her name's Lexis. I'm going to shout her out on this podcast. It's going to be huge for her. She's an incredible networker. I want everyone to learn from her. We did not know each other. She signed up for my mastermind first. She started commenting on all of my stuff. She started showing up on my lives and I just started noticing her and how much value she was providing. And I'm like, I love you. I want to help you because that's just what happens as humans. Like when somebody helps us, we want to help them. So then she's like, Jen, will you write the foreword for my book? And normally if I didn't know her, if she wasn't like really providing value and showing up and making herself known and making me feel like, please let me help you, I don't know if I would have said yes because that's a big ask. I was like, hell yeah, girl. How else can I help you? That's how it works. And that's how I've gotten to where I've gotten by really focusing on being in seasons of giving and how can I help people. And a really, really important thing is when you do this and you're focusing on helping people, I don't want you to call me or DM me, call me, text me, whatever. Say, Jen, I I helped this person so much and they didn't give me anything in return. Number one, you're not doing it with the expectation that they're going to give you something in return. You need to do it because number one, it feels good to help people. So anytime you help someone, H-O-P-E, you feel really freaking amazing. So do it because it feels good. Number two, I believe that when you put out into the universe and you give, you will get it back in some way, shape, or form. It doesn't have to come from that person. It doesn't have to come immediately. It will come some way. It will either come from learning something from giving to that person or maybe it'll come from a person in a different relationship with someone else in a different way. But trust and know that when you give, you will receive because of the law of reciprocity. And that is how you build relationships. As a branding expert, I'm curious your hot takes. Um, As a branding expert, what do you think Taylor Swift has done well in her branding? Ooh. I wish I was a Taylor Swift expert. I'm not, uh, but for just from like watching a little bit, because you can't not watch a little bit. T- okay, Taylor's great at building community. So what I've noticed, and I took a little something, something from Taylor, She, her, her community, they call themselves something. They call themselves Swifties. Mm-hmm. So they feel like they are part of a tribe. Everybody feels like they're like very included. And human beings want to be part of something. It's just it's just in us, right? We want to feel like we're part of a club or part of a, a tribe or part of a, a movement. And she's done a really, really amazing job in just – she's herself. She lets people know what's going on in her life. And you feel like you're one of her best friends. And she calls everybody a Swifty. So it's like, I'm a Swifty. That's what I am. I am part of this group. I am a Swifty, just like you're probably proud to be an Apple buyer, right? Like you're not a green text, you're a blue text. She, you're, she's, you're a Swifty and you are a diehard Swifty and you're part of something and you know like who she's dating or you know the little like the, that little thing she dropped in her song that like nobody else knows that that's about this one guy because she like hinted it and you study her and you know and like you're in with the cool kids. I think she does a really beautiful job with that. And also she is who she is and she's very honest and she's very open in her own way um, about like that she's not she's not perfect. She is just a girl. She's like your all-American girl. So she's very, very relatable and um, 
yeah, she's also a freaking expert marketer. I, I don't know how she had the most successful tour like of all time, but she did. I'm curious to know what you think she did to get that tour be to become the most successful tour of all time. I, I have no idea. All I know is it is economy shifting. It like has broken some cities. Football too now. Well, yeah, the whole football thing. Who's she dating? Or I don't maybe know. dating? She's maybe dating a football player, but because of that. Tickets are going up. His jersey sales are going up. Kyle, do you know who that is? I know. Look up his name. So uh, ultimately, I think that um, I can't, I don't know why she is blowing up so much. It's pretty shocking. What is also impressive is she's reinvented herself decade after decade. Because this is not just her first time she's been successful, but she's on a whole nother level right now. And uh, they t- I f- found it fascinating that hospitality, restaurants, um, hotels, uh, that economies are lifted because of that tour. Unbelievable. I've also been fascinated by the merch lately of of niche merch per show and merch culture because it's like limited runs for certain cities mm-hmm. and even the resale of that and people standing in line. Who is it? Travis. Tra- Travis from what team? Uh, it's just the Chiefs. The Chiefs. So, so Taylor's allegedly date, dating Travis from the Chiefs. Tickets are going up. Moms are bringing their daughters to football games. There's a renewed interest in football. Um, and it's shocking how much news media is also like big news outlets covering like geopolitics are talking about Taylor and Travis. And uh, it's weird. Okay. As a branding expert, what are your thoughts on Elon Musk? He's made a lot of branding mistakes. You know, and like he said a lot of like smoking weed on Joe Rogan. Yeah, stuff like that. Like, do you think that was a mistake? Who knows? Right? He's done a lot of cancel cancelable things. Yeah, but he doesn't get canceled because it made a lot of people fall in love with him. It made shareholders and stock value go way down. It like really hurt the company. But it's kind of the enduring thing where some people were like, "Dude, that's so crazy." The CEO doesn't even care. You know, he has guts. Yeah. He has the guts to say what he thinks. He has the guts to just, he's like, you know what? Whoever is on board with this is going to be on board with this. And whoever's not, great. Sayonara. And I think that that's a cool mindset to have if you are confident enough to have that mindset and really follow through with it. It can build a very, very strong brand because you want to talk to your ideal client or customer. You want to just like all of your people that love you, they're going to follow, they're going to love it. And the people that don't, then they're going to go follow somebody else. And if you're if you're speaking to all people, you're speaking to nobody. So he speaks to his person. And you're either a fan or you're not, I guess. So do you think that obviously polar being polarizing can be a powerful aspect of building a brand, but do you think anything like these different things should not be tactics, but they should be just you being authentically who you are, that you should not try to leverage polarization or controversy, unless of course that's kind of, you, that's just genuinely who you are? Yeah, it'll, whenever you're trying to like leverage some kind of trick yeah. I don't think it works because sure. it's hard to keep that up and people can sense liars now from a million miles away and it's just not authentic. And I, for me personally, look, listen, do you, this is all just like my personal opinion. I like to follow authentic people. And if your truth is that you're a polarizing person, yeah, then yeah, amazing. Good for you. And there's going to be people that freaking love that. And there's going to be people that hate it. And that's great. And that's who you are. Whoever you are, that's who you should be online. Uh, but, you know, there is cancel culture right now, which which has, it comes into play, right? There's a lot of fear around that. Do you think people should be worried about cancel, cancel culture mm. and thoughtful or cautious in their messaging? Let me keep the question going. There's a huge phenomenon 
in YouTube culture and celebrity culture yeah. of apology videos, they almost always go bad. Oh, really? There's people Can reacting to YouTuber apology videos and people react and they're like, it's obviously, it's staged. Whether it is or it isn't, they right. think it is negative comments. It wasn't authentic. They get dissected, then reacted to by other channels. Sometimes they get reacted to by psychologists wow. or like lie detector people. But I'm curious, I don't know if you've heard the story now of Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis um, being canceled for writing a letter of endorsement to their friend who was, I don't think just allegedly, I think he was convicted of he was rape. Convicted. And he, they did an apology video, which got torn to shreds um, and did not even help their case. You also could see Drew Barrymore, who during writer's strike and actor's strike decided to launch her show. And of course there was some limitations but apparently she wasn't violating those, but she still maybe missed the spirit of it all, put up an apology video. And inevitably, nine times out of 10, the, the video gets deleted. It doesn't matter because the internet's undefeated. There's no way to delete a video really off the internet because yeah. then it's still out there. And so these types of now celebrities, which like you said, could happen to anybody, experience cancel culture. Thoughts on all of the above and how we should be thoughtful in our maybe small spheres of influence about navigating a world in which cancel culture is so prevalent? Yeah, it's hard. I think about this all the time. And I have to be real in this conversation. This is a this is a hard world that we live in. It really is, especially if you're a content creator or you're a celebrity or you're a public figure and everything that you say and do is very scrutinized. It's very it's every single thing, right? There's people you know on YouTube that tear apart like every like little thing that anybody says and and looks for the thing. And so <sighs> It's a thing. And we can't live our lives being scared every day that we're going to get canceled because that is no way to live. And then we're, we're not going to show up and we're not going to be seen because there's so many things that you could be afraid of. And, and then you're going to be way too like buttoned up and we're like way too afraid. And there's going to be a lot of fear behind your content. And that's never fun. And that's not good. But at the same time, you want to be thoughtful about the things that you're saying, of course. Uh, and, and make sure that what you're saying is from your heart and what you believe in. But listen, if you're I don't know if you if you're a bad person and you want bad for the world and you're sharing that online then then that's what that's what you're signing up for. And it's hard to even I'm navigating like we're all navigating this for the first time right now. I'd love to hear because you're in the YouTube space hardcore. Like what are you telling your clients and content creators to do with this cancel culture thing that's happening? Well, I think there's two groups of people. I think on the one group of people that are in our community there's not a lot of danger of cancel culture because they teach a particular skill. They're a DIY channel. They teach programming. If you do camera reviews, you do some different things like that. Like you're, this, the nature of your content, that's also probably a reflection of your personality. It's kind of uncancelable. It's just more neutral. Now that there's a whole other group where we have this conversation in our community of shadow banning. Mm. Um, YouTube does seem, and all the social media platforms sometimes lean a little more liberal. So sometimes conservative news or conservative channels either are experiencing or think they could be experiencing some level of shadow banning on either side. I think what people get canceled for is if they are maybe stepping into the realm of politics, religion, relationships, they move into those world, you know, and, and we're living in a defi a very last couple of 
uh, years, I think we've all seen it. It's sad, really, because culture is being polarized. Society is. It's really becoming like kind of two-sided. Everyone's on extremes. Not very a wi- not a very wise place to be. And I think social media is guilty of that as well because the algorithm rewards extremes. And it doesn't reward a lot of vanilla. Here's what's interesting that's going to start happening with AI, though, is there's going to be deep fakes uh, that are going to be created, and they're going to be showcasing people saying things that maybe they didn't say. Mm-hmm. And I'm really curious, too, what's going to happen when that starts taking place. Yeah. And, and I guess it already is, because you'll see accounts of Donald Trump. You'll see accounts of Joe Rogan. I saw a Joe Rogan one talking about a time when he was partying with Andrew Tate. And he's like, we were in, and, and there, he was behind the mic, and like, so you couldn't see his lips, but the AI, like the AI reading a script, and it was said in such a way where the person he was talking to seemed like a story that normally Joe Rogan would relate and subtle. So I think if you make an extreme deep fake, somebody goes, ah, it's obviously yeah. fake. It was very subtle, like, and, at, and it built up to where he ultimately like caught Andrew Tate saying, I would never touch cocaine, and then he caught him doing cocaine in a bathroom. Um, and what's actually interesting was I was passively hearing this, like, what? And then the comments themselves, there was people like, oh, my gosh, he was caught, sure enough. And then a bunch of comments like, I can't believe people think this is real. It's obvious. And it actually – I had a double take. And this just hit my YouTube Shorts feed. And naturally, it's being shared in the YouTube Shorts right. feed, et cetera. So that's a great point. What's your advice for it's us the moving wild, forward? Wild it's the wild, wild <laughs> Um, I, you know, be a kind person. Yeah. That's my advice always. Yeah. Be kind, be a good person, be a good human being. And you have a better shot at like, just, you know, not getting canceled. Yeah. Be good, be who you are. And I always lead with kindness. And if you don't know something, say you don't know something. If you don't have an opinion, say you don't have, if you have an opinion, but know that if you are going to go there, Mm -hmm. that there's a shot. That totally. people are going to not like it. They're going to say things about it and just be prepared. What is your relationship with that? Ask yourself. Okay. As we land the plane, we have a new segment called Repeat After Me. Okay. And uh, I will say the statement. You say the statement as well. It might be self-explanatory. And then you finish the statement. Okay. So if I was starting on social media from zero today, the first thing I would do is? Mm. If I was starting on social media from zero today, Today, the first thing that I would do is I would connect with people that I know that already have a platform full of people that are my ideal client avatar, my ideal audience, and I would ask them if we can collaborate and do something where they can put me in front of their audience so that I could start to build my following with people that are actually interested in hearing from me and the topic that I talk about because the person that talks about a similar topic or has that audience showcased me in front of those people and double tapped and said, this person's credible. I would do that with 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 people. I would focus my entire first year on getting in front of other people's audiences, whether that's podcasts or Instagram lives or TikTok lives or Facebook lives or speaking on their physical stages um, or teaching their communities. And I would double down on relationship building and getting in front of people's audiences. If I wanted to strengthen my brand, I would pull out a piece of paper and I would start answering these questions. If I wanted to strengthen my brand, I would pull out a piece of paper and I would start answering these questions. What is the thing that I love to do so much that when I'm doing it, time stands still? answer that question. What is the thing that people ask me the most about? 
What's the question they ask me the most about? What's the thing about myself that they ask me the most about? And then what is the thing that most people tell me I'm really good at that's hard for them? The biggest mistake I see people making on social media right now is- We answered this already, but I'll do it again. The, uh, there's two. The biggest mistake I see people make on social media now is A, not being consistent and just falling off the track and and not posting every day and not posting enough. And then number two- it's not engaging with their people. It's not actually having conversations, just posting and ghosting and making it like it's a magazine instead of a social network. If you're feeling afraid to get on camera, just... If you're feeling afraid to get on camera, just think about the one person on the other side of the camera that you're having a conversation with. Picture your best friend, your partner, your child, someone that you absolutely love, your favorite client, and just have a conversation with them. Because we never get nervous when we're just sitting having a conversation with somebody, but suddenly when a camera's in front of us, we get nervous. So take a photo of that person and put it next to the camera or envision that that person's face is right behind that camera and talk to one person, help one person every day. My number one networking tip is? My number one networking tip is to be the most interested person rather than trying to be the most interesting person. Brilliant. Jen, tell us a little bit about the book and how we can connect with you, follow up with you, um, and... uh what you got going on? The book. Yay. The book comes out October 31st. So depending on when this airs, you can either pre-order it at bseenbook.com or anywhere you get books, uh, or you can get it on October 31st. And it's not just for business owners. It's not just for entrepreneurs. It's actually for anybody that wants to start being seen as who they really are so they can build the life that they really love. And there's tactical stuff in there, but there's a lot of stories that I don't typically tell. And they're all in there. And it's all my learnings, my process of being seen throughout my life and my face plants and what I've learned from them and how you can not do what I did and step-by-step processes to build your brand. And if people want to connect with you online, where are you at? I'm mostly just Instagram is where I hang out the most. So at Jen underscore Gottlieb, one N. Jen, thank you so much for coming on the Think Media podcast. This was so fun. Thank you for having me.